Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Grecian's Gossip. Joining me to look back on last week's disappointing defeat to Lincoln and Tuesday's win at Yeovil in the Checker Trade Trophy are Jamie Hawkins and Daniel Clark. Hi, chaps. Hi, Sue. Hi. How are you? All right? All good, thanks. Much better after last Saturday? Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't the, the best wasn't, day, was it? No, it wasn't. Where, um, where do you think it went wrong against Lincoln then? I mean, there's a few things you can point out. I think most would firstly point out the the referee or the officials which were pretty shocking weren't they but yeah. I don't think you could solely blame them when you, you lose 3-0 at home um, they obviously didn't do City any favours you know I think City got five or six bookings and Lincoln had one um, which was incredible considering you know the number of dirty tackles they made and time wasting incredible that only four minutes was added on at the end of the game not that anyone wanted no, to, <laughs> to stay be, really yeah. but I'd have been quite happy with two after that game but yeah it was just all rather flat and as you said before we came <laughs> on you know the second half they just Exeter just didn't seem to, to try really like they sort of accepted the game was over and almost damaged limitation in a way which is a concern um Obviously, you know, another game without a goal, which is, you know, starting to get a bit worrying now after a promising start to the season, you know, couldn't stop scoring in a way. Um, but, you know, Lincoln are, they're a good side, you know, they're not very pretty on the eye, but they're effective, which is, you know, what you want to be in League Two, isn't it? It's all yeah, about the, the results, doesn't matter the style of football you play, and look, I think we can all accept that they're going to be up there this season. Um, for promotion they're a really strong team got a great manager Danny Cowley he's done so well there isn't he and um, after just missing out in the playoffs last year of course they I don't know perhaps a sense of revenge was was um, in their eyes after yeah. what happened you know off the pitch as well um, that, that's the, the feeling I got after the game I'm not sure if you guys felt the same mm-hmm. but yeah there's obviously all that stuff after the playoff game involving the fans and the Lincoln kit man and what have you I did feel that they came down with that it was almost like they bottled everything after that playoff semi-final. Like, right, when we go back to Exeter the next year, we go there and we win. And that's that's kind of what they did. Yeah, you sort of felt from the start they were up for it probably an awful lot more than an Exeter were. And it's just the the way they you know they went about it. It was a case of they you, know, you sort of felt early they had no intention of not winning that game and doing whatever needs mess or any means necessary for it. You know, sort of sort of four players around the referee for every throw yeah. in and you know, you know you know complaining about everything and you know making sure that you know their voices were heard and that's all you know there's an element of you know, okay it's a little bit gamesmanship but you also didn't see you know the, the time wasting I think John Akinde's substitution when it was n- more than 90 seconds from when his name yeah. was announced to when he actually walked off the pitch you know a perfect <laughs> example of that but there was none of that from Exeter you know players in the same way that you know yeah, a Lincoln player found next to player no one screaming at the referee nobody doing anything about it was just mm. accepting that it's you know it was going to happen it was almost like watching you know, Exeter from a few seasons ago when it was all about being nice chaps on the pitch and didn't really matter that you were losing 3-0 at, at yeah. the game because you hadn't committed a foul all game kind of thing do you think they need to be a bit more streetwise there's you know, there's, there's an element you don't want to quite go as far yeah. as as Lincoln did in a sense it was a little bit over the top about you know some of the theatrics and the histrionics from some of their players 
which actually just detracted from the fact that they were actually a far better side. And yeah, they didn't had they, had they started playing football a little bit earlier than they did, they'd have been two 0 up much quicker yeah. than they actually were. And you know, on paper, they they've got a squad that should win that league. But you know, it's just a lack of any kind of whether it's fight or whether it's a will to you know just try and impose yourself on the referee at all. There was just nothing from from Exeter at all and they just sort of accepted it and I think Jamie was right we almost looked like a beaten team at half time really it's mm. you know we came out for the second half and I thought well, they'd, they'd give it a real go for the first 5-10 minutes just, it just didn't it happen it didn't happen at all I mean even Matt made the changes on I think it was 53 minutes where he, he took Holmes off and um, someone else I can't remember who it was that, but there was a double change wasn't there yeah but it just it just didn't seem to have the desired effect at all really so if anything it's sort of extra pleasant as the game went on they sort of just lost their heads and mm. You know, a little bit. You know, some of the some of the challenges. You know, were you know, anything they were Lincoln players went down for, but some of them were just you know ridiculous challenges. Yeah. I think you know, Jake Taylor's booking is just that was completely mindless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, storming in from twenty yards to kick someone right in front of the Lincoln fans, and I think Boateng was you know again just a challenge that you on another day could be a red card. You know, there was one you know, where Troy Brown came through the back of someone and. The referee didn't see it, but it looked like he might have elbowed him in the head, and sort of just things like that. They just lost their mind and was not that far away from you know ending up not only a disappointing defeat, but with two or three players suspended for games. So, what about the one in the first half then on, on um, the yellow card for Jaden Stockley? Because for me, I thought that was one of the key moments of the game because I felt Stockley challenged for the ball. I felt it was a fair challenge. He got booked for it. Boswick went down holding his yeah. head. It was the first challenge that Stockley had, had made in the game, and I just felt that that yellow card put him on that disciplinary tightrope and took him out of the game effectively because he knew that if he went up again and just accidentally caught Boswick, that was it, he was going to get sent off. There was an instant later on in the game when the game had gone, it was 3 0 by this point. I think City had a free kick and just saw him in the penalty box and he just went down. Yeah. Like a, a sack of spurts, like, you know, implying he was elbow. So I think he was trying to get something back. I obviously felt really agreed from that that early booking and I think that just set the the scene really that you know I think what I said before when I said um, after the game that Lincoln just played the referee so well as Daniel said you know yeah. protesting every challenge that Exeter made compared to City who just sort of got up and got on with it so they know how to play the referees obviously Danny Cowley's set that in them he's known for, for doing that he's been doing that you know since he's become Lincoln manager um and yeah, like you said, they do need to be more streetwise. I think you know you, you've got to remember that. Okay, it might not be very sporting to be waving imaginary yellow cars and yelling at the ref getting in his face, but at the end of the day, it kind of works, I suppose. You, you don't really want to see that, but in a way, in League Two, perhaps because it's League Two, you can get away with it more mm. because there's less people watching. You know, it's not on TV, etc. So I don't know. Perhaps they need to change the way they, they approach I mean it's not something you know you'd like to see but if it means more bookings and more you know punishment for the opposition then maybe it's something that needs to be done well know. if Lincoln are going to do it then I think City needs to be streetwise in the sense that they need they need to do it as well Lincoln so, aren't the only team that do it no. as well how many teams do we see well exactly yeah. you can name a few you know, I think also on, on Jaden Stockley I think he's getting a little bit of a reputation you know, particularly amongst opposition fans but then that probably sort of filters <coughs> through down to to referees as well as a, as a very physical player who goes up with his elbows for challenges but also someone who goes down at the slightest possible touch 
the other way around. I mean, some of the challenges, I think it's stop, you know, stop he puts in. If they were on him, he'd be on the floor as well. And it sort of gets, you know, obviously gets opposition fans against him straight away, which means any time he jumps up for a ball, they're screaming, you know, he's elbowed him and there's a foul going on. And, and then the other way that when anyone challenges him, Stockley goes down. It's sort of, but the, you know, the reputation he's sort of getting for it, sort of, I don't think it's necessarily helping his case that there are, there are times when he's winning the ball cleanly and there's times when he's being fouled, but just the reputation he's getting and the way the opposition fans, you know, scream against him for every decision sort of, you know, gets in the minds of referees that they think he's being fouled a lot more or he's fouling players a lot more than he actually is and, and you know, going down when he isn't being fouled when he actually is do so. Maybe, you know, you know, they obviously can't keep going long to Stockley if that's how he's going to be refereed and maybe he's got to, you know, change his game a little bit and be a bit more streetwise to try and get back on side for referees because if he's going to get booked for the first aerial challenge he puts in during the game, no matter you know, how how bad it is, actually is or nothing at all, then he's going to have to, you know, come up with a way of, you know, avoiding yeah. making sure that doesn't happen because, you know, if if that happens and he gets booked straight away, then that's you know, particularly given the lack of any kind of creativity we've seen from the midfield this season. That is almost you suddenly look well. Exeter suddenly find themselves you know, without any kind of out ball or any way to get the ball forward and just put themselves back under more pressure. Yeah. Uh, one positive. Um, you mentioned the, the creativity of the midfield there. I thought the, the substitute that came on, I'm going to ask you to pronounce his name, Dan, because you're the commentator amongst us. Uh, Chair Dozy of Benny. Very well, very well said. I'm just going to call him Og Benny. Or the, lo the low knee. The, low, the Brentford low knee. <laughs> um, he looked good, though, didn't he? He came on in the second half and he gave us a bit of a spark. Yeah, he, he sort of reminded me of Carl Edwards in a way. You know, he, he comes on the last sort of 20 minutes, runs on the left wing, and you know, showed how quick and pacey and skillful he is taking players on and you know the big bank was sort of just urging him on just to offer him something because we hadn't seen that um, in that game and hadn't seen that that much this season you know Lee Holmes um, just hasn't done quite well this season I, I don't know if he's fit he, sometimes he just doesn't seem fit Lee Holmes you know he, I don't think he's played for 90 minutes yet but um, just seems a bit slower than his usual self but um, we sort of lacked that really I mean Tristan Abrahams has obviously got that but he's obviously more of a, a centre forward than a than a winger but um, yeah he was really really quick almost too quick because he, he kept making runs forward put a ball in the box and no one's there most of the players are 10-15 yards behind like they can't keep up I know it was quite late on and they're a bit tired but um, but no he looked good um, obviously me and, and Daniel only would have seen him at um, the Lincoln game but um, yeah he looked pretty lively and Stu obviously you were at the over game so you saw a bit more of him and he looked more promising yeah I thought he played even better up at Yeovil than he did on um, on Saturday although he can't take a penalty right <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the highlights but um, was he took it worse than Lloyd James's uh, yeah well he didn't hit the target at least Lloyd hit the target with, with, well, with some of his um yeah, he looked lively. As you say, he's very quick, very pacey, skillful, and he, I like the way he just managed to, you know, get us up the pitch and, and playing in the areas where you want to be playing. Really, you know, he he led a few sort of incisive breakaways in the second half, and with a better final ball, not necessarily from him, but one of his teammates, then um, City could perhaps have got a goal on on Tuesday night. But I just felt the overall game, all in all, 
was much improved from from Lincoln. Uh, in the first half, we completely dominated, created some really good openings, but without really fashioning those clear-cut opportunities that you need to, to score a goal. There was a great one for Lee Martin, where he played a lovely little one-two with Hiram Botang. Botang put him in, and uh, Martin sort of shot saved. But apart from that, there wasn't too much clear-cut, but you know the football City played was far better than it was against Lincoln. I felt against Lincoln, we were too direct, you know, going long all the time, and as I say, Bastopoli on that yellow card, he was kind of out the game really. But you know, we were trying to get through midfield on uh, Tuesday night. I thought Botang looked more like his old self. Tilson gave us some bite in the midfield, and Archie Collins impressed again. So um, it's going to be interesting on Saturday, I think, to see where Matt goes now because there are one or two of the players that have played in in the sort of Fulham and Yeovil games that are banging on the door for the first thing now. Yeah, I mean. I- little surprise in a way that someone like Archie Collins hasn't got into the, the, the first team. Obviously after the, the Fulham game, Matt Taylor couldn't stop singing his praises, you know, saying that he's ready for the level, he's going to be you know, playing at, I think he admitted, didn't he, he's going to be playing at a higher level in the new yeah. future. So I would 100% like to see him at least in the, the squad on Saturday against Notts County, if not the starting eleven, because, you know, Matt Taylor said after the Lincoln game that there's a few players who just aren't pulling the weight at the moment, playing for their shirt. And, um, you know, I think the midfield is a problem, an area of concern that, you know, perhaps there's players playing out of position. You know, we've seen Hiram Boating and Nicky Law play on the left, and we've said before how it just doesn't seem to work. It didn't work on Saturday again with, with Law on the left against Lincoln, pretty ineffective. So why not give someone like Collins a chance? I mean, obviously the club are known for giving young players a chance and they've gone in, gone on to prove themselves and on to better things than Archie Collins, you know, when he came on against Ipswich and Fulham, let's remember the teams that we're playing against, you know, yeah. Championship and Premier League quality teams and a youngster of Exeter coming on and doing so well yeah. against them, why not give him a chance against a League Two club? The thing with Collins as well is um, he, he played in that left wing left wing role on, on Tuesday night and Matt Taylor's always spoken about League 2 football being very different to playing the likes of Fulham and Ipswich. But against Yeovil, he's playing League 2 opposition, so it was effectively a, a sort of League 2 contest. Dealt with it, no problems at all. What I like about him, he's not the biggest, but he's not, not scared to get stuck in, is he? he? He likes to tackle, and you know we saw a couple of times on Tuesday. I think that was sort of why I thought Tisdale played him at centre-back in that checker trade trophy against Chelsea last season. As a, He can tackle, so why not play him there in a... Yeah. I think that was partly just as a, we want to get 11 players on the pitch and we'll work the formation around it afterwards. But, yeah, Collins has impressed this season. I think, you know, perhaps, you know, if we were talking about young talents, I think we'd have had Jack Sparks perhaps slightly ahead of him at the start of the season. But it doesn't. that doesn't seem to be, you know, the way Matt Taylor views it because Collins has, he's been in the start. He obviously started yeah. on, on, on Tuesday night. He's been the one that's been on the bench if, he, if either of the two have been... Or and the one that came on first in a couple of the other games, so he obviously sees him slightly higher up the pecking order. And you know what we've seen actually suggests you know, you know, we think obviously Sparks is highly rated, but Collins is you know perhaps come on a little bit more than you know, perhaps everyone expected. You know, I don't think we'd have seen you know put him as high up the, the pecking order or as close to a shirt or a start than at the start of the season as we think he is now. You know, he looks mm. lively, he runs at. You know, players. He sort of you know brings other players into the game, and you know at, at the minute you you know you'd have to say that you know he's done more than you know two or three of the other more senior players in that midfield, yeah. and you know who 
may be better players at this stage of their career, but haven't done enough this season to necessarily keep him out the side. Yeah, it was certainly going to be interesting to see what Matt Taylor does because, you know, as you say, Jamie, it has been a problem area. Um, mm. In an ideal world, you'd want to have your Hiram Botang's Nicky Law, Jake Taylor, Lee Holmes, Aaron Martin in the team and playing well. Yeah, now you've got Archie all of a sudden, who yeah. probably deserves to be starting ahead of all of them. Yeah, at the start of the season, you're looking at that midfield and you think such a strong midfield on paper, probably one of the best in the league, probably. Just look at that experience there. And, you know, given how well Boateng did last season, one of six best players for me um, last season in the middle, just drives you forward. And, you know, we've seen he's got a great goal in his locker as well. And then. Obviously, Jake Taylor for the experience. Lee Martin coming in as well. So much experience there as well. But fortunately, none of them have really uh, lived up to the the, the reputation yet. Um, obviously, Nicky Law had a, a great debut against Carlisle, of course. And, um, you know, he's had his moments. Obviously, he's been slightly injured, so he missed a couple of games. But, um, yeah, I mean... If Archie Collins say he was to start against Notts County, that would really set a statement from Matt Taylor to, you know, listen, I, I don't care who you are, the experience you've got, the the name on your shirt, and doesn't mean anything. If you're not playing well, if you're out of form, you're going to be out of the team. And that's an important message, I think. Cause I think so as well, yeah. I think if, you know, someone like Lee Martin coming down, you know, looking at his CV, the clubs he's played for, maybe, I, mean, I don't know, inside his head, but maybe he thought, listen, I've done well in my career. If I want to play, I'm going to play. Um, you know, but obviously Taylor needs to show that he's not afraid to to drop players and not pick players on form, uh, reputation. So I pick players on form, not reputation. And Archie Collins is certainly in form at the moment, probably the most in form midfielder that um, the team have got at the moment. So give him a chance, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel sorry for Lee Martin because obviously he came down late in the transfer window and. You know, he was always kind of playing catch up in terms of his fitness. When he has played, like the Ipswich Cup game, and again on Tuesday, I thought he played very well. His end product's not always as good as it perhaps could have been, but he certainly looked very lively when he had the ball. But I think he's probably ahead of Lee Holmes at the moment in terms of we're deserving to start and and being in form. Yeah, I, mean, you agree, I, think, I think Martin. He's looked better in the games when he started than when he's come off the bench. I mean, a couple of times he's sort of come on with. 15 minutes to go and a sort of not has not been involved at all whether that's just how the game has gone and they've not been able to get on but he, he hasn't made an impact as a sub but as a starting player I think he looks you know he looks like he's fitting into the club and you know maybe not 100% at his best yet but I, you know definitely had a Holmes who he sort of he's still stuck in this you know, sort of sometimes he gets into this pattern that he beats a man and rather than doing anything with it he then tries to beat him again and and then for the third time, and then hits the first man with a cross. When you know you kind of you know, expect a little bit better end product from him that we we know he can do, but doesn't do often enough. And you know he's you know this season I think he's one of the one of the players that just hasn't quite worked for him. I think you know Jake Taylor's another one that you've know, just not quite got going yet at this stage in the midfield, and that's sort of the I think and sort of it creating issues with balance because also I'm not entirely I think you know we'd probably say possibly that you know the two best centre midfielders might be Boateng and Law but I don't think you could play those two as a midfield two no. at this stage you know Jordan Tilson you know he has his his flaws in his game you know but you, if you're going to play a midfield two you almost sort of feel you've got to get him in there 
somehow to give some kind of protection. Yeah. But by getting him in there, it sort it also limits any kind of creativity from the midfield because you know he's he's great at breaking up the play and protecting the back four, but you know his passing is is not his strong point. So you almost to a, you know you don't want to put him under pressure in the midfield. So you end up then going long up towards Stockley and the other strikers and that's taking the rest of the midfield out of the game yeah. so and if you're only playing with one up front and three centre midfielders midfielders including Tilson you've then got to get up and, and support Stockley as well haven't you and if uh, if John Fort's fit on Saturday then you'd expect John Fort to come back into the team yeah I think there's just I think you know it's a real element of just trying to get that midfield balance right yeah. and I don't quite think that Matt Taylor's got it exactly what he wants yet so far with you know trying to get the right amount of protection and creativity and and pace in there as well to to get it right. I mean Jonathan Ford seems to make a difference in that he's he's got that pace to you know this is a second way of getting up the pitch, not just long balls to stop obviously the injury setting back. I think he tried to do the same with Tristan Abrahams, who again is you know has got the pace but didn't at this stage doesn't quite look ready to be a, a starter in League 2 he looks more promising off the bench as a you know to replace Fort with half an hour to go kind of substitution whether you know whether Fort is fully fit we're not obviously quite sure whether it would but I guess he'll be keen to impress against his his former club anyway who obviously let him go at the end of the season and you know he'll be looking down at the league table just to see just how far they yeah. are because it's not been a you know, great start for Notts County at all and already changed and sat the manager. Yeah, I think absolutely. the issue for Taylor is, you know, he's signed so many players, hasn't he? I can't remember the top of my head, seven or eight, maybe, including lone players. And, you know, obviously so set on 4-4-2, old-fashioned style. That, you know, it's kind of cliche and it's easy to, to make excuses, but perhaps he still doesn't know his strongest team and he's still you know, getting the players to, to work together and gel together and... It's not necessarily a, a bad problem, it's probably a good problem because he's in his head at the start of the season he would have had his strongest 11 but then you've got someone like Archie Connors and Jack Sparks coming through and all of a sudden that's going to you know, tear up his ideal starting 11 in a way with that strong midfield that you think he'd have on paper. So he's still trying to work out what his best team and formation is for me and obviously you need to sort it soon but... Um, like I said, it's not necessarily a bad thing to have a, a good selection headache. You know, obviously he's had a, a couple injury problems this season, but you know he is shaking up a bit, and I don't know, might might be a few more games before he knows what his mm. strongest eleven are. I think it's interesting you talk about formation because um, and, and Dan picked up on it as well about playing Botang and in the middle. You, you do feel as though Jordan Tilson has to come into the midfield as well. And to be fair, I thought he was one of our better players on Tuesday night. He you know, he does so much of the ugly things very well, Jordan Tilson. It often goes unrecognised by the fans, I think. Mm. Um, I perhaps would like to see Matt Taylor change formation now and go 4-3-3. Or even yeah. go with a, a 4-3-1-2, something like that, and just, just freshen it up a little bit. I think it might sort of help because you, you sort of get the feeling that you know, Boateng and Law in particular would be happier or you'd be happier seeing them in a midfield three than a midfield two where they've probably got more defensive duties to do, which, you know, either they don't do, either, you know, they want to push forward and get involved, which leaves you massively open the other way, or or they do, too, you know, they feel they've got to sit back and defend a little bit too much and end up 
completely neutralising them as attacking threat and you know therefore that might you know a, a third midfielder in them you know Jay Taylor possibly you know could play ahead of one of those two as well or, and Jordan Tilson might be a better balance obviously it then does leave you back into the potential of you know Stockley being a little bit isolated up front but you so you need in that instance at least one of your wingers or, or the, the other two sort of wide forwards as it to be to have pace about them so this is where you know Jonathan Four could play you know would possibly play a bit you know a bit wider you you probably want Lee Martin ahead of Lee Holmes if you're going in a in a four three three as well he's a bit quicker and can get up the pitch a bit easier or obviously old Ben is an option you know in a few weeks time potentially as well so it might be a you know, a, a way of balancing the side a little bit you know better than it currently is because it's just doesn't quite look quite right as it is at the moment. If you're going one up front, you can be a bit more defensive. You know, yeah. again, you, you then perhaps find yourself going along to Stockley a bit too often. But it might be, you know, an option. You know, particularly, you know, you know, just to change it up, just to see if it works. And you know, you know it can be a four. You know, it doesn't have to be a four-five-one. It can quickly become a four-three-three with two attacking midfielders bombing on to join and. Yeah. Knowing that you've got that little bit of protection further back, I think partly the other issue extra have is the fullbacks aren't, you know, they've they're not got that, you know, Woodman and Moxie and Sweeney haven't really got any pace to no. to get well, forward and open, get on the overlap. So you sort of end up, you, know, you can't sort of see them bombing on over the outside of the wingers and getting crosses in. So they just haven't got the legs to, to get up and back the pitch. It's an interesting one because one player who perhaps I actually think he's had a good season so far, but there are some City fans out there that don't think he's played very well, and that's Pierce Sweeney. I think he's had a really good season so far. Didn't play very well against Lincoln so much, but I didn't feel he had much protection from whoever was playing in front of him. Um, could Jim Yotes come in then? I mean, you know, Matt Taylor spoke about players playing for their shirts. Jim Yotes had a really good game on Tuesday night, and he, he did fairly well up at Fulham as well, you know, mm. given that he was up against. We had Sessegnon and someone else bombing down his wing, yeah. and he, he dealt with them fairly comfortably. He did, yeah. Obviously, you could tell he hadn't, you know, played um, you know, at this standard before. Um, he's a little shaky at first, and when you've got someone like Sessegnon on your on your day, it's going to be a tall order. But no, it, I thought he did pretty well. He, as the game went on, he became more settled. Um, I also would like to see Luke Kroll come in because I think he's actually a really good player. He's obviously had his. Um, injury issues and his concussion and that and he's sort of fallen out of the team completely not even getting in the the squad sort but has um, this habit of playing really well away from home and, and struggles yeah. at St James's Park which I don't think helps with most most of the fans perception of him yeah again yeah, he played on Tuesday night yeah but... and was it left back he played he played he left centre back on okay yeah but he has played Craig Woodman at left back yeah he has played at left back before and he's done yeah. pretty well there before from what I remember and you know he's obviously bit younger than Woodman and Moxie so he's got more legs and perhaps if he started a left back he'd be able to support the left winger be it Holmes or um, you know Law or Boateng whoever it is so give someone like him or, or Oates a, a chance because you know it is worrying to see the left back role is a real area of concern when you've got Woodman and Moxie there because I think we've we've said before that Moxie seems to be better now these days as a centre back and he's not really going to get in there ahead of Troy Brown or Aaron Martin because they formed a pretty strong partnership I think so far um, so yeah give 
Kroll or, or, or Oates a chance, I, I would say. It is a bit of a worry in the sense that obviously Dino came back amid much kind of fanfare, really. Mm. I think he was given a three year contract as well, so it was, you know, he was almost bought in to be that left back for the next three years, but mm. we, we just haven't seen the same Dean Moxie as, as the one that left, unfortunately. No, and, um, you know, it is a concern because um, we saw him play at a left left wing as well last season, left midfield, and that just didn't work at all, you know, and, you know, his legs are just are going, unfortunately, he's not able to make those runs like we saw him do when he first came through the the City team, and um, yeah, I think, obviously Tisdale brought him back in because he was a fan favourite, a great player, he's obviously had a lot of experience playing in the Premier League and the Championship, and it was an area of concern with, you know, Craig Wooden being the club's only Sort of registered left back, but now he's come back, hasn't really kicked on. Unfortunately, um, like I said, he's better as a centre back, but he's not going to play that, that often. Um, so perhaps you know he's getting in there more as, as reputation as a name as opposed to form. Obviously, you know he's a good sort of leader to have, I suppose, to teach the younger players because he knows the club inside out. Perhaps better than everyone on that pitch at the moment. Um, it's so, interesting because yeah. up at, up at Morecambe uh, Dino actually had a really good game and was probably our best player on the day and Matt Taylor came out post-match and said that he wished that Dean Moxie was getting younger yeah. and how well he'd been playing I suppose it hasn't necessarily helped him with the fact that particularly last season you know, he'd been playing left-back one game then he'd, then he'd be at centre-back then he'd yeah. be on the left wing and you sort of never you know, I don't think you know from week to week he ever knew where he was going to play and that's He's not been able to get into a settled position. I think you know there can't be many players in, you know in games that you know you start he starts the game playing on the left wing and then someone goes down injured and then he, you're playing at centre back. And yeah. Sort of you know it didn't necessarily there was no you know defensively last season next to were you know so many injuries and chopping and changing all over the place and the fact that you perhaps Moxie both Moxie and Woodman can't play three games in a week so you're all going to have to changing around then. Anyway, you could just never get a settled, you know, a back four as to, you know, this is your back four, they're going to play every week, you know, you know play, you know, nine out of ten games, as you, that's your team. It was sort of, you know, a ch- you know, one change here. I think we started the season thinking, you know, it was going to be more Taylor and Brown as centre-backs and Moxie at left-back, and then Woodman came in and more, you know, Jordan Story came in, played a few games, Luke Kroll played a lot of games. You know, you'd you know, you'd ask Sweeney, Henville, you'd yeah. Sweeney had to play at centre back a bit. Dan Seaborn, you had Seaborn, Archibald, <laughs> Henville. You know, had a, had about a month as the only fit centre backs. Yeah. So it was sort of a, you know, you just could never get into into a run of no. playing in positions. And you know, and when you look at successful teams, they've always yeah. got that solid backline, haven't they? I suppose you know, even, it's even been the same this season. You play Moxie played yeah. centre back and then at left back and then on the bench because Woodman starting a left back and then back into the side. So it's. You know, you, you sort it's of, a problem area. He's got, isn't it? he's got, you know, there's an element that there's, you know, we, um, you know, trying to just get that. Prefer, this is your, this is your preferred back four, then you know, try and stick with it for a few games. Which I think he did at the start of the season, and then obviously Troy Brown got injured, so yeah. sort of threw up, you know, you know, doubt as to whether it should be Moxie or or Kral or or O'Shea you know, or anyone coming in as, as the other centre back. Yeah. So obviously, as you mentioned, Jamie, Matt came out last week and said that the play, you know some players are playing for their shirts. Um, who who would you say, or whose places would you say are under threat in the first team? Well, it was interesting given the 
the starting eleven at the Oval on Tuesday night. You know, the checker trade competition. You know, it's notorious for you playing your young players, your fringe players, players who don't get much minutes. And when you see Jane and Stockley and Hiram Boating starting, that to me sent a message out to them, perhaps that they hadn't been perhaps pulling their weight so far this season. And I could sort of agree with, with, with Taylor and Wade Boateng. You know, I think I've said it before, I really like Boateng as a player, but he's unfortunately quite you know, ineffective on, on the left wing. It's not really his fault, I suppose. He's just been sort of put out there and he's been given a job to do, but he's struggled to adapt to hit. Um, and it's just annoying because we've seen him when he came on against Fulham and he played right in the centre and I know the game's sort of gone by then but he just drives the team forward he yeah. just knows how to you know get an attack going um, and yeah I guess in a way Jonas Stockton I know he's got a couple goals already this season but he's also missed a few chances as well um, kind of feel sorry for him in a way because some of the service he's received like on Saturday was just poor and ineffective and you know in a way when you're a big target man and you're not getting the, the service what more you know what more can I do um, so yeah there's definitely a, a call for, for some senior players to, to step up um, you know obviously I think we mentioned already some, like Lee Holmes hasn't unfortunately started the season as well he, he's looked a bit of a shadow of himself compared to when he first joined you know a year or two ago um, so there are some big name players in that team that need to start performing otherwise you're going to have the young players like Collins and other fringe players that will get in ahead of them for me yeah Dan same for you yeah I think there's you know there's you know I, mean, I think Jay Taylor you know as we mentioned has, hasn't got going yet this season you know I'm, I'm one of those who don't think Sweeney's quite had the season you know this season that he did last season and the biggest issue with Sweeney he still gets caught out on that same goal with that diagonal ball over the top where the winger either runs to the inside or outside of him you know, so I think so many teams have you know, played that ball and Sweeney just doesn't have the pace to deal with a quick winger on that run but you know, I think it obviously led to, to, the, to Lincoln's third goal of the weekend with the own goal that one so you know, protect, I don't know I've never I haven't seen Oaks players to say whether he'd be better but you know, Sweeney, I think, is another one who's slightly off form. I don't think Christy Pym actually has been as good this season as he was last season. I'd still say he's better than, than James Heyman, but you know, him coming into the side, keeping a clean sheet and saving a, a crucial penalty, obviously, you know, does his case the world of good. I mean, Stockley, again, he's not been at his top form this season, but if you look at that extra, you know, the squad extra have, it's very hard to see who would play up front if you drop Stockley, I mean, yeah. you'd be ending up. You then have you, you know, you sort of you stuck with you the young, you know, youngsters up there who are not sure. You know, you'd really want to, you know, say Abraham's and Jay as a starting partnership against some experienced lead two defenders. So that you know, it's not it's not been you know, I don't think anyone's been sort of awful this season. It's just sort of been you know, players sort of you know five five and a half six out of ten rather than seven out of ten and. You can get away with it when you know there's one or two, you know, slightly off form. But it's it's, it's sort of four or five who are, you know, yeah. have been off form only only by a little bit. But when there's a, there's enough of you just off form, what it end, you know, it sort of brings the, the teams down. You know, to, mm. to games that you, know, you should win, you end up drawing and just not because you're not quite at your best. 
you know, it affects the results. But yeah, you know, I think there's you know, you'd you'd expect a lot of them just you know maybe just to pick up form a little bit. Obviously, it's, it's been two games a week for about pretty much since the start of the season as well, which yeah. again hasn't perhaps helped. You know, and now it's sort of back into you know, fixture congestion just calms down a little bit for the next month or two. And with just you know Saturday games and bit one you know the occasional midweek you know for check trade trophy ties which a lot of them aren't going to play it might allow them to you know to be slightly fitter and you know playing just the one game a week and focus purely on that you can get your best team out and you know players will you know get back to the level we know they can play at yeah of course it's uh, Notts County at home on on Saturday and they've already had a managerial change this year of course with uh, Kevin Nolan being sacked after five or six games I think it was and um They've opted for Harry Kuehl, who I believe wanted the Exeter job when Tiz left mm. back in May. So um, he'll be coming back to St James's Park. Left Crawley, of course, to go to Notts County. Um, Jamie, you're a big Liverpool fan. You're a <laughs> Harry Kuehl fan as well? Absolutely. I covered the, Sorry um, about housing you there. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I covered the Exeter Crawley game and I had to keep my journalist hat on instead of trying to get a <laughs> selfie. Get a selfie. Um, yeah. Um, it's going to sound biased, but I, I like him as a manager. I thought when they came down here last season and um, they played really well, they played good football. I know they they started quite poorly um, last season, but in the end they put on a good run and could have made the playoffs. And um, I actually tipped them to to make the playoffs this season, poorly. Obviously, you know, <laughs> times have changed now, but um, I think it's a good appointment. You know, obviously, Notts County are a big club in League Two there. Spent a lot of money, um, expected to, to go up. I don't know quite what happened with, with Kevin Nolan. Obviously, they made the playoffs last year and just you know, fell at the, the playoff semi-final hurdle and just couldn't get going this season. I thought it was a bit harsh, sacking them that, that early on. Um, I think they signed a few players as well. Um, maybe it's because they lost Jonathan Fort, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a good appointment. Obviously, it's going to be his first game in charge. I know he was... At the uh, their last game on Saturday, he wasn't yeah. in charge. But now I think got... he was in charge on Tuesday for the Checker Trade game. They lost right. to Grimsby on Tuesday night. But yeah, this is his first proper game. Yeah, so we'll have a full week or so, you know, getting to know the players, working with the players, um, and you know, it's the classic, you know, new manager curse that um, you know a couple of weeks ago you probably would have fancied to to beat Notts County given how poorly they've started, and now they've got a new manager in place. It's could be a, a difficult game. Um, it's a massive game, isn't it? You know, obviously on a, a bad run at the moment, Exeter, and they want to put things right after Saturday. Obviously, like you said, putting a, a good performance against Yeovil, but it's a completely different competition, different team, different standard in a way. Um, you know, obviously went up their place and got a good result, lost. Was it three one or three nil at home um, last season? season. That yeah. was a big disappointment. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to sort of out of form teams. Um, just want to see a goal, really. Don't we? <laughs> yeah, I think it's so desperate to, yeah. to score. Um, what, what changes do you think will happen then, Dan? I mean, I just just go back to that point about you know how it's an interesting decision for him to take the job actually because you look at the the side that Kevin Nolan and Notts County have built is sort of a very you know old fashioned physical 4-4-2 you know lump it up to the big man kind of side and Harry Kewell's Crawley side last season played a lot of good football so it's 
it's going to be a, 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 a point now. I'm a little bit surprised he took mm. the job actually, because looking at the squad that Notts County have and the way he likes to play football, just doesn't to me make any look like it's, well, it's going to you know work together. Yeah. And you'll have players doing jobs that they can't really do. So it's, it's interesting to I don't know if you've read any of his comments, but he did come out after the Grimsby game and he said it's going to take me a while to sort of stamp my style of play on this group you know, of players it's very different from you know, certain, you know long ball everything up to the yeah. big man up front to well, he, he mentioned fitness as well he said he felt the players at Notts County aren't as fit as what he wants them to be to play that style of football which obviously means a, it's a lot you know, of pressing they had a very old side at the back end of last yeah. season a lot of players in their 30s and that's the kind of thing so you kind of feel that's something obviously you know, Exeter can, can get at you know if they can get at them with a bit of pace and a bit of you know, light, uh, liveliness in their play mm. that you know Notts County they're not might not be as fit as Exeter and they're still getting used to a you know either a style of play that they're not used to or a manager having to play you know, a, a style of play he doesn't really want yeah. to so um, it might take a few you know we say the new manager bounce but in you know if it's look you know the two sides looking at each other and sort of met you know Kuehl's side hasn't meshed the way he wants to it could be a good time to Time to play, to play them. them, I mean, you know, so sort of, I presume will be obviously wholesale changes. I suspect from Tuesday night side. I mean, you know, from last weekend, perhaps if Jonathan Fort's fit, he comes back in. I mean, in the midfield, but you know, I think potentially you might see Lee Martin come in to start instead of Holmes, and possibly you know you try and rejig that midfield to you know you're just looking at it obviously as to who plays in the midfield there. So maybe two or three changes. From last week, and you know, potentially, yeah, but I wouldn't have thought it would be, be. I think a side that'll be much closer to the side that started against Lincoln than the side that started against Yeovil. It'd be interesting because I think Tuesday night was one of those games where I think you're totally right with um, Stockley and Botang. Certainly with Botang, it was a case of playing them to try and get them back into form. I felt he did enough on Tuesday night to warrant starting on Saturday. Um, I also felt he played Archie Collins on the left because he wanted to see if Archie Collins could play that role because, as we've mentioned before, it has been a bit of a problem position for City so far. He did enough to warrant a start, which means then dropping one of Jake Taylor or Nicky Law. Because well, I, I agree with Lee Martin. Well, potentially both of them, if you, yeah. you know, if you depending on whether... He, he won't drop his captain, though, will he? You wouldn't have thought so at this stage... But obviously, you know, if you were saying that we think, you know, Collins has done enough for a start and Boateng's done enough for a start. I think Jordan Tilson did enough Tilson's for a start. Tilson's done enough for a start, well. then you end up either shunting, you know, possibly pushing Taylor out to the right hand, right or left hand side, or, you know, I don't think, you know, Boateng on the left, I don't think that's. No, I think not why see it does, that he doesn't, he doesn't get the best out of him. So, you know, to try and get the, you know, that, the best midfield, it's going to be a, you know, a bit of a, mm. you know, even if he doesn't go with. Another option. Doesn't go with course. Collins. He goes with Law out wide. There's still kind of feel that you you know the very most you've got four players for three spots, yeah. if not two spots. So it's going to be a big call as to who who of Tilson, Taylor, Boateng, and Law he leaves out because there's no way they can all start and no. potentially only two of them can. Another option, of course, would be to play Lee Martin as a second striker if John Ford isn't fit. Because Matt's spoken before about Lee Martin being, you know, perhaps his best position being as a as sort of number ten. Yeah, perhaps he will work as a good sort of support player. I mean, you know, you've obviously got Matt Jay, who, as much as he tries, just is struggling. I think to adapt to to, to League Two football in a way, which is a shame because he works 
he works his socks and then he tries so hard but um, yeah his confidence is probably shot at the moment and you know you've got Tristan Abrahams and he's played up front with, with Stockwood before and hasn't quite worked so far um, so yeah Lee Martin would be a good option but then you know, you've, you've got to play him up front. You can't play him just behind Stockley for me because we've seen it before when Stockley plays up front on his own and it just doesn't work when he receives the ball and there's no one within 10 yards of him to, to win the, you know, receive the flick-ons or, or passes from Stockley. So, I don't know, it'll be interesting. I think it all depends on how fit Fort is. Um, it'd be good to see him at least on the bench because he does... We have missed him, I think. He's played yeah. pretty well so far. Well, we haven't scored since he's yeah. been out of the team. <laughs> yeah, so coincidence. Yeah. yeah. So quickly then, guys, predictions. Dan, I'll start with you. Um, What's your prediction for I'm going to go for a 2-1 City win. 2-1 City win. Jamie? Um, Is that the score you were going for? No. You can go for the same <laughs> if you want. No, I'm going to do that. No, I was just thinking I'm optimistically going to go for a, a City goal. Um, <laughs> unfortunately not. A win. Um, I'm going to go for a one-one. A one-all draw. I think it's one of those games where both teams kind of need a win. They'll cancel each other out. So I'm inclined to go for a draw as well. Right. Well, that's all we've got time for. Jamie, Dan, thanks ever so much for joining us on the podcast this week. Uh, we'll be back again with more of the same next week. So be sure to join us then. Bye bye.